This is the Music Mentor Podcast. What is up, girls and boys, ladies and gentlemen? This is Demian, your host of the Music Mentor Podcast, and welcome to episode number 82. As both a drummer and percussionist, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of different people in all kinds of levels, famous people, not so famous people, and so on and so forth. And I've learned a lot through the years about what makes a band leader a good one and an effective one and one that evokes respect and inspiration and leadership and all those things. And at the same time, what kind of band leader isn't a leader per se, uh, what they can do better and so on and so forth. So today or this week's episode is all about suggestions for band leaders. If you're an up and coming singer songwriter and you're trying to either put a band together or you want to make your current band sound better, you want to know sort of what kind of musicians to hire and why and all those things. So I'm going to give you a bunch of suggestions or tips and share with you some anecdotes that might help either educate you on certain things or, you know, help you look at things in a different light and try to put things in perspective and see maybe if you can try one of these things. There are almost as many personalities in music as there are in styles of music. So what I particularly enjoy having around or, or the kind of leader that I want in the band or, or to work for is, I wouldn't say the unicorn, but obviously is the best scenario possible, which is somebody that's incredibly assertive. They have a very, very, very clear vision of what they want, but with the right balance of letting the other musicians uh, or the musicians that he or she hires have a say in the music and to have a an imprint in set compositions that don't have to be, you know, adding a lot of things. It could be not playing certain drum fills or playing a clean tone on a guitar instead of a distorted one or a million things. So ideally, what I like to work with, again, is somebody that knows what they want, they know how they want it, and why they want it in a specific way. Furthermore, I think the, the you've heard me say this before, but the whole presentation is everything is very important because you can have somebody that is very assertive and they know everything that they want and they're incredibly talented, but if they're very rude when you don't get something or you make a mistake, then that can be detrimental to the relationship, then to how you interpret music, and then obviously to the relationship in a musical sense and personal as well. With that said, some of us learn in a more of a, or more effectively, in a more of a tough love sort of the teacher from whiplash type of thing or somebody needs to be rude and we need to get scared and nervous and all that stuff because that might jolt us or trigger us into learning and concentrating more and creating more. So we all learn differently, but I was just telling you what I like. I also encourage you to put yourself in the musician's shoes. So one thing that happens often as a drummer and percussionist is that maybe the singer doesn't know how to beatbox what they want in their mind or they they'll hum a beat like this, psh, psh, 
So there's no kick or snare drum for you to hear. So you don't know what they want. So try to, as a band leader, as a singer, songwriter, or whatever, try to learn a little bit about the the way to speak to a drummer or a percussionist or their language or what they do and try to understand at least the difference between a kick and a snare drum and a hi-hat and a tom so they so they know that you care enough about their instrument where you are clear enough or try to be clear enough of what you're hearing in your brain and why and it'll make it easier for everybody one of the things i've noticed especially working with female musicians or female uh, singer songwriters is that Sometimes they have this idea, or most of the time, I would say, they have this idea, they know what they want, and they are somewhat afraid of telling people what to do in detail because they don't want to seem rude or they don't want to seem like they are divas or bossy and they don't want to have that sort of reputation out there or that put, put out that vibe. So sometimes that fear of being assertive can be detrimental because they're not vocalizing what they want and how they want it. And they sort of live with this, I don't want to say mediocre in the term, in terms of, of their standards being low, but maybe they know like, oh, this could be different. The bass player can be or could play different. The drummer can play a little bit different, but they don't want to vocalize that because they don't want to hurt anybody's feeling or they don't want to create tension. And they also don't want to seem like they're being rude. But at some point that needs to be addressed and the way that it should be addressed is by trying to express feelings in a respectful way, trying to be assertive and trying to understand also who the person you're talking to and how, what, what their personality is like. Because the way you can talk to a 25-year-old guitar player is different than if your drummer is 17. And, you know, it, it, it's different dynamics with different people. I want to say back in around 2000, 2003, I was approached by a singer-songwriter when I went to school in Boston. And she needed a percussionist, and we started working together. And we shared some music, what she wanted to do, what she wanted to play, or what kind of music. And I went to a rehearsal with her. And at that point, I had never seen somebody so young, a female guitar player, being so vocal and such so driven about what her vision was, how she heard every instrument, every detail, what she wanted. I was playing cajon, I remember, and she wanted it with a brush and a part without, without a brush, just my hand and all this other stuff and all these details. And she knew in her brain what she wanted and it went the same for the drummer, same thing for the guitar, uh, for the bass player, for the keyboard player and all these other things. And she was an unbelievable band leader. And... I knew that there was something special about her because of how professional she was, how concise her ideas were, and also how open she was for the other musicians to interpret the ideas that she had in her mind that she didn't know how to vocalize. And that was the key was that she was humble enough to be like, hey, I don't really know what I mean. This is kind of what I have in mind. Try this, not that, or more like this and less like that. And it was always so nice. And... That, that singer songwriter ended up being or was Annie Clark that is now St. Vincent. So I'm telling you that because I do believe that there's a reason why she is where she is. And it has to do with her work ethic, with her vision, with how assertive she was back then. Uh, who knows? Maybe she's different now. But that's kind of how I feel that was one of the driving forces for her to get from point A to point B. And speaking of point A to point B in terms of 
growth, right? I have to say that I wholeheartedly believe in youth. I believe in young people being as professional as people twice or three times their age because I've seen it hands-on with some of my students and some kids that I've met through numerous uh, work experience. And there is this, obviously, there's no uh, substitute for experience, but there's this powerful thing about youth and being driven that seems to matter almost even more when you're young than when you're a little bit older. But I do believe that being persevering uh, can accomplish anything. But I guess to some degree, the first first look or the first difference that we can see between or we can imagine between a young show or a young band leader and a, a, a or an amateur, let's just call it that, and a professional one, I believe has nothing to do with the talent. And it has more to do with the thought process, the preparation behind the whole thing, the vision, the work ethic, how proactive you are in contributing to that change, to change your band from where it was or how every young kid band sounds like to where you want to make it or young teens or early 20s or whatever. And so it's sort of how to take that extra step. And all those changes, all those things, all that proactivity all becomes a habit and becomes how the band is, how the world functions around your, your, your miniature world in that sense when you rehearse. And that is, I think, one of the most important things that you can do. So quickly, before I let you go, I want to talk about a couple of things that you can do as a singer-songwriter or conversations that you can have with your band or with your close circle, with your friends, whoever is helping you out that can help you to professionalize your band in a certain way or how to make it easier if you need to use new musicians or you need a sub for one gig and so on and so forth. So the first thing that I'll say is pick and choose what are the songs that you wanna do and how you want them done. So if there is a song that you have that you like more how it's done live than how it is in the studio or the demo that you have. Make sure that you've managed to get a copy of that live recording, whether it's a video on YouTube or whatever it is, and try to make it uh, onto an MP3 so you can share it with the musician that you're going to play with or you're going to hire. That's a big thing, right? So audio, video. The other thing in terms of vision would be to chart out these songs or have some sort of lead sheet or song map that can help you. Either a basic chord progression or song structure or for the drummer, you can write out the beat or have somebody help you out. And I understand if you can't do it, but it's worth looking into this and maybe having buying somebody lunch that can help you do this stuff. And I think it'll go a long way. Another conversation, another thing that you can have with yourself and with other people is the instrumentation that you want to have. Why do you want to have the the, the musicians or, or the, the instruments that you want to have? Do you really need bass? Do you really need guitar? Do you need keyboards? Uh, are there backing tracks? And if so, who triggers the tracks? How many people do you want in your band? What's the look of, of the band? Do you want them to, you know, all be wearing the same thing or all wear, you know, oh, yeah, just wear whatever. That's something that I've never liked. I've always liked being told what to wear. Um Maybe you want multi-instrumentalists in your band. So you have 
multiple tools, maybe a drummer that can play percussion or a bass that can play synth or guitar player that can also play bass and switch with a bass player and he plays keys and all that other stuff. That's very, very important as well. Also, knowing what the song tempos are and knowing what the, where the click should be and all those other things, if you want in-ears or not. And these are all things that you can just at least talk about that it has really nothing to do with age. And I believe that a 14, 15, 16-year-old you know, singer-songwriter can have and can do and can think about. And it doesn't have to do with your ability to write a good song, if that makes any sense. But I do think that everything is connected. So if you have a vision, you have an idea, you have colors in mind, you have what kind of drum set you would love to see, what kind of guitar player you want the guy to play or the girl to play, all those things, embrace them and try to be active and try to make that a reality But because nobody's going to make that come true for you. You need to do it. You need to start doing it, and I believe that you can do it. Thank you so much for listening. This was the Music Mentor Podcast.